guys have seen this, but in the Empire Strikes Back, like, um, behind-the-scenes footage, mm-hmm. in, like, the concept art for the AT-ATs, originally yeah. they were going to be able to, they would have the ability to jump. No, no. no. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, it was like, they're originally going to have the Rebels dig big trenches that the Walkers have to jump across. <laughs> and then when they made the model, Can you imagine? Stupid, so they started not to. <laughs> it's like bouncing like a rabbit. Yeah. I can just imagine like, George Lucas being really annoyed that they didn't reach like the final cut. <laughs> like, oh, I really like that idea. everyone and welcome to the rewatch podcast my name is samuel and i'm Jaden. and today we have a very special guest joining us um and that is nick welcome to the show nick hello guys nice um so this is a podcast where we rewatch classic or current films every week and then decide whether they deserve a rewatch from you a like on this video would be most appreciated before we begin you can subscribe if you'd like if you're tuning in on spotify or another major podcast app you can find us on YouTube by searching the rewatch. So, Jaden, what did we watch this week? Um, we watched the next chronological Star Wars film, so Rogue One. Yes. Um, so let's go around the room. Um, what were our thoughts going into this film um, when we first saw it? Because obviously, like, you know, chronologically speaking, in our lifetimes, The, the Force Awakens had come out and... Don't know about you boys, but I was pretty positive about that movie for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then going into Rogue One, I, I was quite excited. So, um, so Nick, I, I know I, I recall we probably went to see this together at least twice. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, and I think <laughs> this film probably holds the record for me as as like the most times I've gone to the cinema to see a movie. Really? I think I've probably probably gone to see this. Probably went to see this movie probably like at least five times in the Holy moly, man! Yeah, unhealthy. You were just crazy for that movie. I think that was before you had a job, so you just stole your parents' money. <laughs> yes, yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> you spent like fifty bucks to watch the movie. <laughs> yes, um, but I got the Blu-ray now, so you know it's all good. Um, but yeah, so. So Nick, when you first watched the movie, um, did you come out thinking it was like, you know, the best Star Wars movie you'd ever seen? Like, was it your favorite for a period or anything like that? Yeah, it was definitely one of my favorite movies. Like, I think that mainly has to do with the Darth Vader scene. I think that's what really got a lot of people at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the yeah, last definitely. thing in your mind is just that, like, incre- the, you actually get to see Darth Vader like in, like. <coughs> I guess combat. He's never really seen that before. It's been so long, right? I mean, the last time we saw him, you know, absolutely shredding stuff would have been Return of the Jedi, but that was against Luke. So yeah, you never really seen him take on, yeah, yeah sol- like rebel soldiers, unless you've played like some of the games. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, for sure. And and, and Jaden, what, what were your thoughts coming out of the film? You're gonna hate me for this, but. um the first time i watched it i i was not too big of a fan of star wars and i 
didn't really know too much about like the lore and stuff and I hadn't really watched like the original trilogy like thoroughly so when this film came through I was like wait this I don't even understand this and like to me Star Wars was like about lightsabers and then we only see one lightsaber so I was like really disappointed (laughs) and for a long time this was like my least favorite Star Wars film because keep in mind I think it had only been you know Rogue One um, prequels, original trilogy, and uh, maybe Force The Force Awakens come out at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was, like, my least favorite film. And then, you know, switching to uh, a few years ago when I really became infatuated with Star Wars and what it's all about, um, I found, you know, the connection between this film and then A New Hope, and it just makes it so much better when you understand it when you really really appreciate styles for sure for sure so story overview for this film um so the daughter of an imperial scientist joins the rebel alliance in a risky move to steal the plans for the death star obviously the the first star wars movie ever created a new hope in the um i i believe it's the in the opening crawl right it says um, you know, some rebels have captured the plans for the Death Star or, yeah. you know, to exploit its only weakness. So this film sort of, you know, fills in that gap. And um, and you know what? It, I think it's a welcome addition to Star Wars lore personally. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so film was nominated for two Oscars. I um, just want to give that a quick mention. Um, it didn't win them both. So it was nominated for sound mixing, but it lost to Hacksaw Ridge. Um, and, <laughs> Sam's happy about that. <laughs> it's like my favorite war movie, so you know I'll take that. Um, and visual effects, it was nominated for that as well, but it lost to the Jungle Book. Um, so um, that's a shame. Yeah. Any thoughts on the Jungle Book, Nick? Appealing. Like, I understand yeah, like, why it was nominated, but compared to Rogue One, Rogue One just—it's so flawless, except for one certain character. Oh yes, I'm trying just, to think. Everything like that. you compare that to other Star Wars films, it's just, oh. it's just <laughs> compared to them. <laughs> I just uh, remember you talking except for that certain person. Why I'm putting that down? That's funny. Uh, so characters for this one, um, the main character, we get another female protagonist, but that's not a bad thing, guys, um, because feminism, and so. <laughs> so, Jin Erso is our main character, portrayed by Felicity Jones, who um, is in The Theory of Everything, but I think most importantly is in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 as Black Cat. Um, so, Wait, what? But Black Cat's in The Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah, so um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but her character in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is named Felicia, um, which is um, Black Cat's name. Oh. And um, she, like, looks exactly... Like she was black in the cat. Amazing Spider-Man too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look her up. I've never paid that much attention to that movie. I've so watched the what? film, but I don't remember that at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't like specifically say like you're the Black Cat, but like her name is Felicia, and Black Cat's name is Felicia. So. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So yeah. So anyway, so um, Nick, what were your thoughts with Jean Erso as as the main protagonist? Like, did you? Uh, I don't know how how does she rank in in your Star Wars characters list? Oh, uh, she's not. I wouldn't say she's up there with like Obi Wan Kenobi or Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. But 
I feel her like character arc and everything about like in just her just resenting the rebellion because just all the pain that she's suffered from it and mm. all the abandonment she's just yeah I think that and then her end resolve to then give her life so the rebellion can have a chance to take on the weapon her father built is I thought that was pretty powerful um, I mm. think it could have been developed a bit more but I think her relationship with Andor is like the strongest part of the film and how they build at the start. They just straight up don't trust each other, but then they got to learn to gain each other's trust. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That thoughts? Um, <clears throat> in terms of, uh, Genesso. Yeah. Um, no, I think she was done actually really well compared to, you know, uh, Ray or something. Um, <laughs> she, she feels like a female character that's done right and and you just forget that they're um that they're a female character right you're not watching the film because it's yeah, a I mean, they're just a character yeah. yeah and what i did like about this story and this character in particular is that we get a perspective of um you know empire come rebellion a lot of the time it's just you start rebel and you fight the empire right and I, and I feel like um, having a character from the Empire's perspective, I think it was a really, really clever idea to do in this situation because they had like this t- tiny little format to work from, right? The, the Rebels steal the Death Star plans and then Luke blows up the Death Star, right? Mm. So, yeah, they had to have a Rebel, um, you know, steal the Death Star plans, but I think it was quite clever how they flipped it. And then they had an Empire turned Rebel get the death star plans which was interesting to see mm-hmm. and so yeah for me i think i think she's you know borderline average sometimes but I, I definitely like her more towards the end um she gives a very cringe speech to the rebellion at one stage um to rogue so, one mm. yes rebellions are built on hope um but um but yeah so cassian andor um is probably like you know the second main character in the film and um more recently come to you know given a bit of publicity because obviously there's a disney disney plus show in the works um and i was speaking to nick before this and he seems quite excited for this and, oh. but to be honest to be honest i i couldn't care less <laughs> but 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 nick, nick i didn't why, say why i was excited? excited i just said oh. that the film has made me a bit but after re-watching rogue one this made me a bit more interested to see what they do with the character mm. Yeah, I just hate the character, right? I just find it like an interesting choice for a Disney Plus show. And there's other characters in here that I probably would have preferred to have a show on, but we'll we'll get into that later on. Yeah, because we get a bit of his backstory. Like he says, like, you know, I was in this fight since I was six years old and, you know, I've done terrible things and stuff. So, you know, maybe, you know, premise for, you know, a show that, that shows the the dark side of the rebellion. If you know what I mean? Like you know the dirty the dirty things that the rebellion have done. Because you know sometimes the good guys have to do bad things to make the bad guys pay. That's like a Harvey Specter quote or something. But but yeah, so it'd be cool to see that. Um, Want to give another shout out to Ben Mendelsohn, so oh. Orson Krennic, mm-hmm. um, he, my favorite character in the film, I think. Um, and I wanted to give a shout out to him because he's actually Australian. So um, big shout out to Ben Mendelsohn because I think he was, for me, he was the best part of the film. But uh, Nick, what were your thoughts on Orson Krennic, the, the director? Director Krennic. Director Krennic. Well, he was 
when I first watched her, I generally found him annoying on my first watch. I don't know, mm. not sure why. But I just found him quite pathetic. But upon my rewatch, I've just noticed how he's just, he's just, how his actor just makes him so unstable. Mm. He's able to be mm. manipulated. And I've noticed this on my rewatch that Tarkin manipulates him to test the weapon, which then make, pulls him into even more hot water with Vader and Palpatine, thus allowing mm. for Tarkin to then gain control of the Death Star. Yeah, yeah, he was good. That was cool. I mean, CGI Tarkin, he was used a lot, wasn't he? Yeah, a little yeah. bit too much. I guess that's a conversation for a bit later on. But, but Jaden, thoughts on Orson Krennic? Oh, no, I think he was great. Definitely one of my favourite characters in this film. Um, I just think the way that his character was built was just fantastic. I mean, he, he was kind of like a um, a forgotten son, right? He was shunned upon by both Grand Moff Tarkin um, and, you know, probably even Vader and Palpatine. Um, and then eventually he dies to his own weapon, which I think was kind of ironic. Um, <laughs> ironic. <laughs> um no, I, I think he was a really great character and portrayed by a really good actor. I mean, Ben Mendelsohn is just great. And the way that he kind of put forward his emotions in the character, I think it was just great. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, I mean, we've gone through two members of the main crew, but we also have Chirrut M. Way. Um, he's the Jedi who doesn't have a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we also have, um, I think... Um, Bays, yep. Bays, Bays Morbus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, out of those two, I like Bays more. And I think, um, you know, spoiler alert, but I think Bays's death scene is actually probably one of the best in the film because, you know, how he goes on that sort of rampage after his friend dies. It's really quite sad. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of just like is willing to die because, um, because Chirrut in way has died. But, but, I don't know, lads. Um, what what were your thoughts on on the remaining the remaining two of the the team? I guess um, also uh, Chirrut Imway and um, Bays. Um, Nick, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, I think the dyna- their character dynamic is quite strong, especially from the start. How mm-hmm. uh, is it? Shiro, was it? Is it? Yeah, Shiro. Uh, Shiro, that's it. Um, I think his like the my, one thing I've noticed with the film. Its main message appears to you need to trust your friends and your teammates. And he trusts in the Force, but um, mm. his friend, like, I don't know why I can't think of his name now. Yeah, Bay something. Bay. Um, and he has no trust in the Force because yeah. he always believes he's the one who protects him. And But Shiro always trusts that Bayes will be there to help him. Mm. You see that a lot throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit of a dynamic there. Yeah, it was like it reminded me a bit yeah. of. Oh, sorry, it reminded yeah, yeah. me a bit of Han Solo because Han Solo's like you know, ah, oh, the Force is just you know, it's a load of crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have Luke Skywalker being like, you know, I have the Force, like my father before me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, go on. You completely butchered that quote there. <laughs> we'll yeah. <move> on. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then Baze learns to. After Shiro's death, he then trusts in the Force, which then allows him to wreck the Death Troopers that all of a sudden forget to aim. Mm. And yeah. he dies from it. I think that was probably the more one of the more impactful deaths because it, it didn't really come out of... Like, it didn't seem just to come out of nowhere as soon as their job was done. Yeah. Unlike mm. with the pilot, 
it's pretty much as soon as he got that commit transmission thrown grenade into a ship yeah yeah <laughs> it's like you don't have to be in this movie anymore yeah, goodbye boom let's save ourselves some money <laughs> this Wait. will be your last day on set my friend <laughs> just catch this grenade and don't try and roll back or anything oh yeah that's funny yeah that's a that's a negative actually like a lot of people are just like very willing to die like they don't even try and run away from these grenades they're just yeah. like like, I oh, think he would have had time nice. to at least, they should have at least shown him, like, at least pick it up and try to throw it and, like, blow up in his hand. Yeah. Because yeah, he had time yeah. to grab it at least. Mm, yeah, he kind of just looked at it. <laughs> just stared at it and then bang. It's sort of like if if there was, you know, like, if if the film was rated a bit higher, he's just, you can imagine he would have been like, ah, oh, f- Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Samuel yeah, yeah. Jackson, that definitely would have been it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaden, thoughts on, on those two? Um, I actually wrote down that Chirrut Enway was probably one of my favourite characters in the film. And I don't know, I just found like his character to be really different what, from what we've seen in Star Wars so far, right? A lot of the Jedi that you see have lightsabers, like you said, Sam. And this um, Chirrut just has a staff. And yeah. I don't know, I found that really interesting. And the fact that he's blind, but he uses the Force just such a unique idea for a character um and i don't know i didn't i didn't really want to see him with a lightsaber because i feel like yeah. him and his staff is just like an iconic combo um and he, yeah and he like yeah. never directly uses the force like he exactly never, yeah. anyone who just uses it as like a sense yeah 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 it's it's basically the force is his eyes to to look around and function as a normal human being um yeah i don't know i felt his character was just really unique and I actually liked him more than um, than Baze Morbus, which is like his counterpart. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just felt like Baze was also was more so like the uh, like an addition to Chirrut, and he was just always like his right hand man. But um, no, I, I do prefer um, Baze Morbus's death scene over Chirrut's death scene. Um, I don't know. I felt like it had more impact to it, like you guys said. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I just really like those characters and. And I feel like, like I said before, I feel like they probably should have made a TV show on these two because I feel like it could have been really, really cool. Oh, that would have been good, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Jeddah. Uh, we could have that seen been... how um, how Chirrut, like, lost his eyesight or if he used to have a lightsaber. Um, and then, you know, we could have seen how Baze Morbus met him instead of this and or TV show. But I'm, I'm equally excited. still get that. Yeah, well, well, we well we could, but if we were to get it in the Andor series, I feel like it's very improbable because um, Andor and Chirrut and Maze, um, Baze or Maze, I think it's Baze, did me in this film, so we wouldn't get it if it was a prequel because obviously everyone dies in this film. Oh yeah, <laughs> spoilers. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you I said mean, it last week. A death scene so far, so it's not much of a spoiler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, if you haven't seen this movie, it's your fault. Yes. Um, so yeah, this film, um, I don't know if you guys like knew much about this, but before the film came out, it was sort of like marketed to Star Wars fans as like a war film. And, you know, obviously, you know, Star Wars, you know, of course there's going to be war, but there was going to be like an emphasis on the tragedy of war this time. And um, I thought it was just funny that the director they bring in to do a, a gritty war film is the director that did Godzilla. Um, and oh, wait, so, what? Uh, 
Yeah, so Gareth mm. Edwards has directed this, and the only other major film he's done is 2014's Godzilla. So, you know, take from that what you will. <laughs> Interesting choice for yeah, a gritty he's a war great film. visual director, but I can't say he's got experience in that kind of sort of war-esque feel. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I, I, I do agree. I think this film does look pretty great. So general thoughts, pros and cons. I think for me, the pros definitely, as what we just said there, the, the film looks great. Um, I think the CGI and the effects are really cool. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, this was nominated for sound mixing. So, you know, got to give credit to the special effects, the noises and, and, and the, um, the music as well is quite good, but not, I wouldn't say it's, you know, anywhere near the top of, you know, the best Star Wars music, but, but um, for you guys, what were your sort of like your general pros and cons of the film on rewatch? Um, I'm just trying to think of what I didn't like about this film. I feel like a lot of the death scenes were probably a bit too uh, fast paced and they kind of just brushed over them. Um, I feel like they could have been a bit more impactful. Um, characters like Grand Moff Tarkin, CGI Moff Tarkin, um, kind of took you out of the film. I mean, realistically, they didn't really need him in this film. They just wanted to bring him back. Um, and, yeah, it just doesn't look too good. <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> they should have just kept him as a reflection in the window. That's what I thought they were going to do on my first watch. That would have been good, yeah. And then I think for the rest of his scenes, they probably could have implemented Vader. And yeah. And oh, Tarkin will be taking control of Death Star. You don't. You're yeah. too much to always can with it. Yada, yada, yada. But, um, but yeah, that's that's all my negatives really from this film. I could probably think of more, but they're like the big ones. Yeah, yeah. so Nick, any any pros and cons that you want to say generally before we sort of dive into it a bit more? Oh, pros, again, I'll say the visuals, like the environments and everything just generally looks like they feel like they're, they could be real planets and stuff. Yeah. Everything generally looks... And, like, the ships, like, the Star Destroyers at the end of the film, when they're crashing into each other, they generally, like, just seeing them collide, it looks so... Oh, like, they look so like they need models, essentially. Mm. Um, mm. Cons, I'd say. One of the main criticisms of this film is people claim it has too much fan service, which, to a, to a degree, I agree with. Mm-hmm. There are some points where it does take you out of the film a bit, like, with, I think, R2-D2 and C-3PO just showing up on the little base randomly. Yeah. And then what, do they just get off the base and hop on the one calamari cruiser or something? Yeah, the Jawa or cruiser or something, yeah. Yeah. And then you've got the two guys, which Luke may have the fight in the bar and Anakin wallops that dude's arm off. And you see them oh, two wait, on what? Jeddah. Really? They appear on Jeddah and all mates, like you just watch yourself to Jin. Oh, yeah. I felt that. Oh, wow. Well, what, do they just leave in that like 10 minutes before Jetta blew up. I felt that was a bit forced because it didn't really fit the scene too well. I never picked up on wait, that. Wait, wait, what was that? Jedi. When they're on Jetta and um, Jin and Ander, Andor are both walking together, yep. they bump into the two fellas that Luke and Obi-Wan meet on Tatooine in the bar. Who's, um, Dr. Everson, yeah. Yeah, who Obi-Wan cuts his arm off. Oh, and they, say, wow. they say the same line, just watch yourself. Oh. 
never saw wow, that. that. Is a, that is a bit fan service isn't it? I noticed that on the first one and it sort of pulled me out of it. I was like, wait, why are they here? They're just so this was set before and you heard it. Mm. So, yeah, yeah they must have escaped. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> they, they, they decided to yeah. leave even though there was Imperial ships everywhere. And there was only like a small window where they could have gotten out. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, well, doesn't that planet get like destroyed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... bang. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, uh, I never noticed that because obviously, yeah, this film is set like a few yeah. days before A New Hope, and it ties like ties in very nice. Get one desert planet to another. Yeah, maybe that's just their thing. Maybe they like desert planets. <laughs> <laughs> not like we're dealing with a galaxy or something. Yeah, not like we're dealing with a galaxy of infinite planets, and yeah, yeah, but, yeah um, that is that is a bit yeah yeah. Any other any other cons from uni? Um, not really. I think for the rest of the film, the film's pretty solid. Um, I do feel that um, oh, I cannot think of his name. Terrible names of characters. <laughs> uh, Which one are you thinking of? The fella who they meet on Jakku. The Jakku, or you mean Jeddah? Not, not Jakku, oh, Jeddah. Jeddah. They're all the same. They're all desert. Chirrut or um, or no. Bays, Morbus. No, um, the guy who's in charge of the like terrorist group. I think of his name. Oh, Saw Gerrera. Saw Gerrera. Yeah, because he was a pretty big character in Clone Wars and in Rebels, Star Wars Rebels. Mm. And the trailers made him out to be a lot more of an impactful character, but mm-hmm. and the whole film is what like the first half of the film makes him out that he's going to be like a big impact, yeah, on it all. But then he just has very little impact on, like they don't even get the information on where Jim's father is from him. They get it from yeah. the pilot. I, I didn't really like his character either, to be honest. Yeah, he's a lot better he... in the shows, but then they just underused him and like they just pretty much just there for. And his relationship with Jin wasn't very, very fleshed out at all. It's kind of like a Captain Phasma situation or a yeah. Snake situation, yeah. But I'm pretty sure he still has more screen time than Captain Phasma does in her too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's horrific. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Saw Gerrera, I felt like, again, he was just like, well, guess I'm going to die today. That's mm-hmm. fine. He was like, Jin was like, aren't you going to come with us and, you know, live to see another day and fight your cause? And he's like, no, nah, I guess I'll die. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was great when, you know, he was standing, like, at the balcony and he was, like, watching the, and, like, the, like, the land tsunami. Him. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was and a I cool feel like that's, Yeah, that was, like, the only reason why I think he was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to just to have a cool death scene. But, but regardless, um, so let's dive a bit into into um a bit of the plot here so i guess we'll we'll go from the beginning and we'll just jump through things and if you guys have any notes that you know i skip over or anything just feel free to interject wherever um but opening scene i mean the opening shot of this movie is beautiful with like the you know like the satin like the rings ring. the ship yeah. flying across the rings yeah it looks really re- looks really really good mm. um and, and and that opening scene you know where um Krennic comes to, you know, kill um, Gale and Urso or kill his wife and take his child or whatever. Mm. I feel like it's, re- it's a really good scene. Um, and the Death Troopers, lads. I mean, yeah, what do we think of the Death, Death Troopers? Troopers. Oh. Death Troopers, I think, are probably, like, one of the coolest and they're characters. Just, they're just little, like, way they tour. Mm. Definitely the coolest um, 
Would you call them a clone? No, definitely the coolest. No, they're, like, they're just troopers. Troopers. Definitely the coolest trooper in Star Wars um, lore. Probably second would probably be the Sith troopers from The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. No, I wouldn't say that. We didn't see the Sith troopers for like 10 seconds. So I know, I but they're so <laughs> cool. Yeah, but I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would you make your whole fleet like bright red so the enemy can see them? Yeah, like, you, you make yourself just bright red, go fight in the snow, see how that goes for you. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to get back to half and they'll be easy targets. That's all the rebels have to do. Sorry, the snipes across from, yeah, that's funny. But um, I I wrote down um, Stardust, right? It's what Jin's nickname is. is. Yeah. Um, That's a bit of a weird nickname to call your child, isn't it? Like Stardust, uh, but, you know, whatever, I guess. (laughs) Star Wars, got to have some starry, spacey stuff, I I guess. I think it's a bit of a nod to uh, the Death Star blowing up. Because the star turns mm. into dust. Okay. Mm. Fair, 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 fair. Um, we get some good memes in this opening scene. We get um, farming, really. A man of your talents. <laughs> and, um, so that's, uh, yes, that's a, it's a good meme. And uh, we also get... I, I love the line where um, Gail and Urso is like, oh, I've been so lonely ever since my wife died. It's like... <laughs> Krennic just like sees straight through him. She's like, oh no, oh, my condolences. And then his wife appears and he's like, oh, look, here's Lyra back from the dead. It's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that scene was quite well done, but, you know, any thoughts on the on the opening scene, guys? You go, Nick. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the scene was like really good, a really good start. One thing I do like is how they didn't have a opening crawl. Mm. I felt as though the opening crawl, it, the, I guess it feels like it should, like now it definitely feels like it should be something that's only for the main films. Yeah, yeah. That's I guess that's Fair also enough. a good way for the audience to tell if this is like one of the main ones or just like a little spin-off. Because mm. um, the film doesn't really need it. It's a simple premise that yeah, it sorts sure. it out on its own, so it doesn't need it. Mm. Um but yeah, I think everything else I would say has already been said. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, no, I, I completely agree with the with the title cruel thing. It's only been done in the uh, nine Skywalker saga films, um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, only the nine. Only the nine. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they keep on doing that, and you know, when they explore the High Republic era and all that, um, and you know, even with um, the new film, they're bringing out Rogue Squadron or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that will be interesting. Um, no, I really like how it looks at the start of the film. I think it's just a beautiful setting. Um, it looks like it's set somewhere in Iceland with their um, black beaches. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but one thing we do get at the start of the film, which a lot of Star Wars films do, I think it's all of them but Solo, is we get a planet and then a ship going over a planet, and that starts at every single Star Wars film, if you didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we get uh, whatever the planet they're on, and then we get the, um, and then we get Director Krennic's uh, little cruiser or whatever it is. So they're the, the planet and the ship. Mm. Mm, that's cool. That's cool. And um, I will say, when we do get we do get a title screen in, yeah, in the film. Um, yeah, just a little like Rogue One, a Star Wars story pops up and the music that comes on when that title screen is there is absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. I got goosebumps watching 
and I've seen this movie how many yeah. times? Like so many times, but too many times. <laughs> I, I, probably, but um, I don't know if, if do you guys have any like specific thoughts about the music, like any sort of, you know, generally speaking, like did you think the music was up to the level of say, you know, John Williams doing? Because it's not by John Williams, it's by yeah, our boy Michael G. Michael G. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The music in the the score of the film uses a lot of John Williams in it, like yeah, like the main rebel theme, Vader's, like Vader's stuff, theme, yeah. that kind of stuff. But mm. what it adds to the what he did on his own original stuff, I thought was really good. Um, obviously, yeah. Jin's Genosos theme, the whole like Rogue One like main sort of thing, and then you got all these. You got the music for when the you got the final like sort of. Music just before Vader's scene when yeah. Scarif gets blown up by the Death Star as the wave mm. is coming towards him. It's just this like building. So, yeah. like the, the, the theme just gets go, eyes up and, up and then it cuts off as it kills Jin and Andor. Andor. Yeah. Then it yeah. cuts to, of course, Vader going up to the one Calamari ship and yeah, and then we get a bunch of people getting cut in half. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> any, any thoughts on the music generally, Jaden? Obviously, we'll touch on the music segment a bit later but um look i think john williams scoring is probably more iconic and that's just because he's made nine films um and he's scored every single one of them um and then again you know you've you've got more iconic themes from him the force theme you just hear it everywhere um but no i think michael g's (laughs) i think i think his his work on this film is just as good it it feels like a john williams theme which which it should because it's like slot right in between um, uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. So it should, you know, feel like a John Williams theme. Um, and yeah, like you guys said, I think the Vader um, Imperial March at the end was great. Probably the standout for me. Um, and then also, you know, the the classic Rogue One theme, which I think is the title screen was also really good. Mm-hmm. Um one negative from the start of this film, I think um, a lot of people said when they first watched it was at the start, probably like the first 40 minutes, there's so many jumps to different sort of planets and there's lots of lots of cuts to different parts of the galaxy and different people and the film's a bit of a mess at the start, um, sort of like we're on this planet for five minutes and then we're on this planet and then we're back to that planet and, you know, we're sort of jumping around all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um but what I will say though is one of the planets is like it's like two asteroids that are like stuck together by a skyscraper. Yeah, it's like a city called... between the asteroids. Yeah, it looks so cool. It looks like it looks like something that's straight out of the prequels, to be it honest. Looked, to be honest, to me, it looked like it's something out of like Guns of the Galaxy or something. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. 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 It felt yeah. like that so... um, that like city that's in like that giant head. That trading like... outpost in the in the um in the oh. No, I think the prison as well sort of had that kind of look to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the planet that I was talking about is called the Ring of Catherine, I think. It's where we first see Cassian and or yeah, I just Yeah, I just yeah, he just yeah, he just like murders one of his friends, but you know, whatever. Um <laughs> Rebels will be rebels. <laughs> yes, rebels don't really have any you know <laughs> for the <laughs> Oh no! It's, it's definitely this film definitely portrays the rebels as terrorists because if you think about it in the original trilogy, the rebels are terrorists. Like there, mm. you have like a 
like you know no matter what you think of the the empire they're a stable governing force right and then here comes something to come like blow it all up (laughs) yeah one thing with the villain they're not like quite terrorist because they don't go out to they don't targets like civilians they only target imperials Mm -hmm. unlike um no i can't think of his name again (laughs) who's Oh, Saul Guerrero. Yeah, Saul Guerrero. He's yeah. portrayed as more like a terrorist, especially in like mm. the Clone Wars and Rebels. He does a lot more bombings and that kind of stuff. Mm. Oh, okay. Like yeah. that's why he was he broke off from the rebellion because he believed that their means of, I guess, warfare was not going to win the war. Yeah, I'm, that's interesting. I'm pretty sure there was that one episode where um, Saul Guerrero and his sister, um, yeah, blew up some sort of imperial. Outpost uh, or something. In, it was separate. It was in the Clone Wars. It was like a separatist. Yeah, it was the separatist. That's right. Yeah. And Ahsoka was like against it, and then they right. went and did it anyway. Yeah. Like, oh, well, look at you guys go. Because I the yeah, Republic didn't want to associate with terrorists or something. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. I love that Clone Wars, Clone Wars info there because I, I would have completely forgotten. I can't even remember Saul Guerrero in the Clone Wars to be honest. I watched the whole thing so. Oh well. If if you um, search it up and you you see him, you'll remember. Him. See who he, yeah. 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 His name doesn't get said a whole lot. He just gets referred to as Saw. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, Jin Erso, we're first introduced to her in a prison camp. Um. She's been imprisoned by Imperials. Um. Which I think is cool. You know, sets up a bit of world building. You know, the Imperials. You know. They've got their own prisons and there's stormtroopers outside. It looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But we never, never really explained why Jin Erso is actually in that prison camp. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, are we just supposed to guess that, you know, she, I don't know, shot a stormtrooper or something and, you know, she's been imprisoned or something? Like, what did you guys think happened there? Um, well, at one point in the film, and it might might have actually been shown in the trailer, we do get a... Um, like a backstory of Jin Erso and one of the rebel um, soldiers says something like um, defrauding Imperial um, notices. Um, Basically. Yeah. Yeah. All all of the things she's done wrong. So it must've been one of them. Mm, Okay. I I think it might've been stuff she did for Saul Guerrero. And then when Saul left her, the empire then eventually Mm. was able to capture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. Um, well, you know, thank God we have you guys because I was like, uh, what, why is she in prison? I don't know. Like, we're, we're never told. <laughs> You've watched this film like seven times, Sam. I'm oh, no, disappointed. I've watched it like twice. <laughs> if anybody should know it, it's me. But, oh, well. Um, so, K2SO, introduction to him. Um, congratulations. You're being rescued. Please do not resist. <laughs> um, I so, love his character. Yeah, I hope. Oh, that's a, that comes as a surprise to me, Jaden, because I know what you you're going to say. Yeah, you said on solo, and I think you know this is a point that you know perhaps like Nick can see. We'll see like what Nick thinks of this, but a lot of Disney Star Wars they have like a sarcastic droid that's like mm-hmm. supposed to be like a rip off of C three PO to try and make the little kids laugh in the theater. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Does K two S O work for you guys? Like as a funny comic relief sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, I think he actually does, and that's probably mainly because the lines that his character actually have 
are actually like funny. Like a lot mm. of the other droids are just, you know, below standard humor. I feel like some of the lines that K2SO delivers are just, for some reason, they're just really funny. Like Seafoot Troopio, he's a lot more, he's, his dialogue makes him a lot, seem a lot more clueless. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, I guess, I can't remember her name from Solo, but she was generally just really obnoxious and loud. Yeah. Like she didn't really have very good comical timing. But K2SO, like, when Andor tells him he should have stayed on the ship, and then he was like, there's a lot of explosions for people blending in. Mm. And he just grabs a grenade and chucks at a bunch of stormtroopers. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I should just stay on the ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was good. I liked when um when Jin shot a um a, a guy that looked a droid that looked just like him, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Did you know that wasn't me?" <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite moment, yeah. I think, of, of of the character. I mean, she but, could have noticed if she had paid attention to the stripes. The stripes on the arms were a slightly different color, mm-hmm. but she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I love he was just like standing there. He was just like, did you know that wasn't me? <laughs> just like so shocked. Um, but but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, K2SO is definitely like one of the better droids, but he doesn't doesn't come close to C3. I feel like he actually does stuff as well. Like he's actually, he fought, he's actually built a fight. Yeah, yeah. He's actually got a role, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. He, so, he feels like an actual character. He's not just someone to leave. Or, yeah. Or someone to yeah. export, yeah, like just say, um, Exposition, or yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, I and think he works um, fighting off the stormtroopers to keep and Orange and safe when they're in the vault. Mm, yeah, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but K2S was a bit of a snitch as well. Like, do you remember, like, in the um, in the rainy planet where you know they go after Gale and Urso, um, Jin Urso is sort of like putting it together that Andor's gonna try and kill her dad and. K2S is just like his weapon was in the sniper configuration. <laughs> just well, like snitched on his partner. Yeah. yeah, I guess he does. But like K2S and Cassian Andor seem he to be like best buds. It. He finds it funny. Yeah, six sense of humor. Yeah, just you know, the an agent of chaos, K2SO. But um, <laughs> Disney Plus spin-off series. <laughs> K2SO, the agent of chaos. <laughs> I feel like K2SO has got to be in the Andor series. Oh, yeah, they're like, going to show where he got yes. it from because he reprogrammed him. Hell yeah. yeah. That's one thing that made me like a bit more interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, it's, it seems like they've, they've been on a few adventures, K2SO and Andor. Like they're quite good companions. Yeah. Like they're partners almost. So it'd be cool to see how that develops. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I've, I've got a few notes here on like, you know, Chirrut Imwe and Saul Guerrero. We've sort of touched on most of those. But from a, um, a visual standpoint, um, I've got two things that I want to talk about in terms of visuals. Perhaps we'll go to Tarkin CGI first. <laughs> to be honest, right, obviously, spoilers for The Mandalorian Season 2, but obviously we saw Luke Skywalker CGI'd. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in a unique position where we get to compare Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, and Tarkin, all CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's left as Han Solo and Chewbacca. <laughs> For whatever reason, they'll, redo, they'll do Chewbacca that way. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Can you imagine a CGI Chewbacca? Like it's uh, like actually, a there's one in. Wasn't he CGI in Revenge of the Sith? 
Oh yes, oh, that is God, true. He was. <laughs> a couple of scenes for a couple of scenes he was. I think they did use a practical for some, but most of the time he was CG. Oh yes. Oh, there was a CG everybody in the Revenge of the <laughs> The film was CG. It just the film was, was the film was an animated movie in disguise. Yeah, best animated film to come out of Star Wars. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so so let's start with um let's start with Tarkin then to be honest lads I I remember being a, a, I remember being I remember the CGI being a lot worse than it actually yeah is. I remember um, I, it just generally looking a lot worse than it did yeah I think that in part has to do with also seeing Luke Skywalker mm. as well because Luke Skywalker I mean for a film budget budget as not film budget a uh, show budget they did a really good job, I reckoned. Mm-hmm. Even though Mandalorian, I'm pretty sure, has a bigger budget than like some of the Star Wars films do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they do have to stretch it out to like seven hours of of it, I think, nearly. Mm, or, like, yeah, you know, fair. Six or something. Yeah. Um, that's, that's it's good. a lot better than I'll remember it being, but that doesn't say that it's good. Yeah. Like his eye, like, I think most of it comes from his eyes. They just generally seem to have no depth to him. Mm. Mm, like he's a soulless man. Yeah, which I mean, I guess that's kind of what he is. That's kind of what he is as a character, yeah, yeah. but sort of, yeah, I don't know. Jaden, what were your thoughts on the CGI, mate? Yeah, it doesn't look good. Grand Moff Tarkin CGI should have never been a thing, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, oh, fair enough. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, lads, when the first time I watched this, I had no idea of CGI. Um, <laughs> so that's that's how... You know, if if it can be credited for anything, um, it fooled me. But to be honest, after seeing Luke Skywalker, and I think the Princess Leia one is quite worse as well. But Tarkin, not like two seconds. Yeah, exactly. And for the amount of screen time that he has, I was surprised watching this again how much screen time CGI Tarkin actually has. It's actually incredible. Um, so they definitely had to put a lot of work in, and. You know, with CGI characters, as soon as their mouth starts moving and they start doing expressions, you can tell straight away. But I feel like Tarkin does a lot better than anything else we've seen, you know. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, it definitely has its flaws at some stages for sure. But I think the voice isn't the best as well. You can tell it's not his voice. Um, so that was a bit of a problem. So, I think but... the same sort of level over here. Mm-hmm. Not, I, think, yes, I don't know how you explain it. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, but it worked for me. Like it does, if you're going to put him in, maybe he had too much screen time, but. If he had less screen time and they could have focused a bit more on his lesser scenes, it probably would have looked nicer. Yeah, because he's literally like a main character in this almost. Like he's got almost enough, as as much screen time as Krennic himself. So, yeah. yeah, but. He has more screen time um, than um, Jin's father, I believe. Oh, oh yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> that's not good. That's not a good, that's not good for character building because if you think like Jin Erso is supposed to be our main character, we're supposed to connect with her and her backstory and we're seeing more of an animated Tarkin than her father, who's Mads Mikkelsen, by the way, like a yeah. fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. He did a real good job, I think. James Bond, right? Yeah, um, Casino Royale. Mm. Yeah, so um, Princess Leia CGI. What was our thoughts on that? For me, that's that's horrible. It, she looks. What? She doesn't even. She doesn't look anywhere close to Princess Leia. She she um 
she looks way too um her her cheeks are, I mean I say this as a person who has chubby cheeks so I can say but she doesn't <laughs> look like Carrie Fisher in a New Hope at all like Carrie yeah, Fisher like wa- lost considerable weight in the that day. scene goes straight to a New Hope which I did once like you yeah. notice the difference like there's such a big difference huh. between it's them. in the face yeah her yeah. face is less full in a New Hope it's not going to be in just... toes is it no, <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I honestly didn't really mind it, um, and it's probably because of the fact that it looks more human than Grand Moff Tarkin's. Like, yeah, well, I mean, looking the, at it for as long, which I guess helps. If you're looking mm. at it as just like a, a regular person, right, and you don't know who Princess Leia is in A New Hope, it looks, it looks like a person, like but, a person, it, doesn't like but it doesn't look like Carrie Fisher. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas I feel like Grand Moff Tarkin CGI just doesn't look like a person whatsoever. <laughs> just looks like a machine. <laughs> it doesn't look good. It's disturbingly horrific. <laughs> and um, a bit of a fun fact trivia. Um, I think uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter played yeah. um, Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, face capture for it to help mould it a bit better. Yeah, and then they digitally altered it. So Carrie you know. Fisher's daughter actually appears in a lot of the uh, Star Wars films. She also mm, appears in yeah. the sequels. She's yeah. like one of the. She does a lot of stuff with um Poe. Like she's like yeah. one of those rebels that does shit with Poe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, another thing that I noticed, right? And you guys probably won't even know what I'm talking about with this, but um, when we get like we get beautiful shots like beautiful landscape shots right of you know planets with the with the star destroyers above them those shots mm. are incredible oh, right yeah. but then as soon as we get shots of like actual characters like on the planet like there'll be there's one scene where um Jin and Cassian Andor are on Jeddah and they're like perching on like perching on a on a ledge like overlooking the landscape and the camera is focused on those two characters and literally the background has just been blurred out. Oh, and really? I'm like, I'm like, the landscape is beautiful. Why don't you just show it to us? But my, my answer for that probably would be, well, my- I made this film in two years, Max. So, you know, it's like the MCU films. They've got to have such a short turnaround. You notice this with MCU films as well. They often blur the background to hide the poor CGI. Yeah. So that was a shame for me because uh, in certain areas, this film is really beautiful and probably one of the best looking film Star Wars films we've got. And it's just a shame we can't see the background. Like when, when we're focused on the characters, it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. But I don't know if you guys noticed that at all. Probably not. Um, no, I didn't really pick up on that at all, to be honest. Mm. Um, but like you said, I think that some of the scenes in the film just looked amazing, especially, you know, the, the Star Destroyer over the top of Jeddah, and then it, um, it eventually just like takes off slowly. I think that looked great. Yeah. And seeing the engines like fire up. As yeah. It takes off. Yeah. That was good. I mean, there's stuff like that where like you, you couldn't possibly do that for the prequels or the original trilogy so that is the one benefit of disney actually like buying star wars yeah, that, that like, shot you would have not you never would have been able to seen that they would never have been able to make that shot in the original trilogy without yeah. it looking like obviously fake like in the original trilogy you never see a star destroyer in atmosphere or anything 
No, you, no. You, you always see it in space, but never in comparison with uh, landscapes. Yeah, yeah. It's like because they got to like hang it. They, yeah. Because it's like a model and they got to like put it on a string. It's, and... it's a mini model. That's what they used in the original trilogy. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything that flies. Same with the walkers and everything. They're yeah, the Ad Ad War. The Ad Ad Walkers in Return of the. No, you Empire see, so, Strikes Back. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but in the Empire Strikes Back, like um, behind the scenes footage, mm-hmm. in like the concept art for the ATATs, originally yeah. they were going to be able to, they would have the ability to jump. No, no. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, I was like, they're originally going to have the rebels dig big trenches that the walkers have to jump across. <laughs> and then when they made the model, Can you imagine? Stupid. Is they decided not to? <laughs> it's like bouncing like a rabbit. Yeah. I can just imagine like, George Lucas being really annoyed that they didn't reach like the final cut. <laughs> like, oh, I really like that idea. You can just imagine like people sitting down next to George Lucas in the theater watching Empire Strikes Back and George Lucas just like, you know, I really wanted them to jump and everyone just like turns and looks at him like, what? <laughs> you direct I mean, The man's a genius, but sometimes he has stupid ideas. He likes Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder sometimes gets things right. Sometimes he gets them horribly wrong. <laughs> Most of the time horribly wrong for yeah, Zack Snyder. Yeah. That's real. Um, um, another visual um, sort of masterpiece um, was the Earth Tsunami on Jeddah. Mm. How good did that mm. look? That looked incredible. Oh, yeah, that was really good. Mm. And then obviously, like, we get the Death Star shot at the at the very end of the film. We get something similar. But that Earth sort of, it was like an Earth Tsunami. Yeah, and then later you see all, like, the magma getting thrown up towards the Death Star. Mm. I was, um, yeah. I was When I saw that, I was just thinking... Shouldn't they back away from it? Yeah, I was they, thinking that. Well. <laughs> they're not with that. That's because they're really close, and that's they're testing the weapon as well. Shouldn't they be like a bit further away? Yeah, probably. Uh, Tarkin's probably not that. You know, he's not yeah. all there yet. He's yeah. Still... <laughs> and when I first watched it, uh, I didn't realize they said oh, single reactor ignition. I thought that it was like a. I thought the Death Star just had one shot where it just goes boom, planet explode. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, did they, I thought they like slowed down the Death Star, the planet exploding so they could escape. I'm like, well, that's some bloody good pot armor. Oh, I was thinking that as well because we see Alderaan get blown up in... Instantly. In A New Hope instantly. Yeah, that's true. And then we yeah. see Jedi I getting thought... blown up in the, the span of five minutes. I was like, hold it's up. It's just like, and it's only that one area because it yeah. was like it's only yeah. a single reactor or whatever it's called. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, because I thought it like... It's the time frame that's a problem because if, if say, this film was set like a year before A New Hope, you could say, well, you know, the Death Star wasn't fully operational or, you know, they were still working on it. And that was the initial test being like, oh, my gosh, we can actually blow up a city. What about a whole planet? Um, yeah. And so you could say, like, you know, that the Death Star was only, you know, effective to a certain extent. And then in the next film, they've improved it, Right. But because this is set like a day before a new hope, it doesn't really test like a day before. And then, you know, you know what? Let's blow up a planet. Yeah, and it just goes like bang straight away. Yeah, like, it's just... they should like go up in tears. Like, okay, let's try blowing up a small moon. But no, let's just blow up a whole planet. Yeah, fair enough. It's just you know, you know oh firing God. a full reactor, like firing whatever they would call it, the full power of the Death Star probably couldn't have any flaws with it. Probably isn't like some issue. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what um, Jin's dad should have done. Just made it so when it fires a full reactor, it blows itself up. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they clearly I'm, hadn't tested I, it before then, so they wouldn't know. Yeah, I, I do like the fact that you know this this film does like perfectly fill in like a bit of a plot hole for yeah. the original. Why it had such yeah. a major flaw. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it, it. However, like it's a bit stupid considering like how did the Empire not learn their lesson with the second Death Star? Like, because <laughs> <laughs> don't they just do the exact same thing in this in Return of the Jedi? But yeah, it's, it's the main. That's the main sort of like downfall of Return of the Jedi. I think like people are like oh look, there's another Death Star, and you know whatever. Um. What do we think of the scene in the rain? I know we've all played Jedi Fallen Order and there's quite a similar scene to that um, at the start of that video game. You know how you know, there's a scene in the rain and and like a, an Empire person like lines up these innocent workers and like yeah, threatens to that. kill them all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you It's guys, actually really um, similar to that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you recognize that parallel? Yeah, I do. Minus the mass genocide of everyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I, I think that scene looked looked fantastic. Obviously, um, everything looks better in the rain. Um, you know, in films like Blade Runner, right? They would actually, Ugh. they would actually the original one, right? <laughs> they, they would go onto the production set with hoses and just like wet everything. <laughs> really? everything yeah, because everything. Because everything looks better wet. I don't like and Blade Runner it's like it's like constantly raining in the first one. Um, but yeah, everything looks better when there's rain. Um, and I think the scene where, you know, we get to see, you know, Galen Erso, you know, and Jean Erso see, see each other again, I think it's quite a good scene. But any any thoughts on that, boys? Um Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I do think that most films and T V shows and um games do look better with uh, with rain because I think it shows more detail because in games you've got ray tracing so you can see the same image reflected in say a puddle or a window and yeah. it and it increases the size of the set you see more um, and it just adds more detail to it um, so yeah I think it just looks better overall if if the scene is pouring down with rain mm-hmm. yeah. yeah any thoughts on on that scene Nick yeah, like with the rain as well, it also adds a bit of a sort of feeling to the scene. Like if it was a bright yeah. sunny day, <laughs> it wouldn't have the same impact as it being a like a sort of down at dark rain everywhere. Yeah, everyone's wet. Everyone doesn't want to be there outside in the rain. Yeah, adds a lot more. No, it's, yeah, to it. It's an interesting point because obviously we have. Um, the Battle of Scarif, right? And that's like the most supposed to be the most um the most like dangerous, horrific battle we've seen in Star Wars so far. But it's set like on a nice tropical beach. beach. <laughs> it's like set in paradise. Um so yeah, interesting. Because I when I watch the Battle of Scarif, I'm like, damn, this is an awesome battle. But like, you know, there's not really a dramatic like like can you remember like Jaden when we watched Solo? There's like a scene in Solo where it looks like Han is yeah, like fighting in a world war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the um, imperial troopers when he was in mm. the empire. Yeah, yeah, and that's so like dark because it's like it's literally dark. Like the scene is dark and, and there's like mud everywhere. Like that whole like, opening scene with that 
felt a lot like a World War One film because it's just the design of the armor as well. They looked like mm. World War One like gas masks and everything. Yeah, that sort of feel to me, like with the mud yeah. and everything as well. Mm. Maybe a missed opportunity there for the yeah. Battle of Scarif to sort of make that a bit more, you know, a bit more dramatic. Yeah, one thing I do like with Scarif though is it's quite a unique setting. Yeah, we mm. had one like that, and also as yeah. the battle progresses, there's a lot more. Probably especially from the ground view, there's a lot more like smoke and stuff around, so you don't really see the blue sky as much, especially once the death yeah. troopers drop in. Mm. It yeah, does true. give a bit more weight to the scene as yeah. it goes as the battle goes on. Yeah, yeah, and I love the shot when the Death Star comes over the sun. That's so cool. Oh. From Jeddah, yeah, how the yeah. shadow oh, eclipses yeah, the city. They have that shot from orbit above Jeddah, and you see its shadow yeah. just slowly eclipse over. Yeah. The Death Star is like one of the best characters in this film. <laughs> it's like it's 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 just like how imposing it is. It's just it's done so well. Like because it's it's more iconic than probably Darth Vader. Like when you think of Star Wars, it's like Darth Vader and the Death Star. Like that's the, that's Star Wars. That's Star Wars. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you know, Death Star gets its little cameo appearance in this. Um, I'll be more. Death Star has better button. CGI than Moff Tarkin. <laughs> yeah, fair enough um um something that i noticed right i have a bit of a problem with this in in that rain scene right um there Jin erso climbs onto the platform right and cassian andor sees this and he's like oh no we have to call off the, the rebel fleet because they're going to blow us up right and so you you call they call the rebel base and they're like you know get them on the comms now and the rebel base is like they're trying to get in contact with the x-wings no, the general says to like one of his commanders, like, get in contact, get, like, get them on the comms now. And the guy replies, Oh, they're already engaged, sir. I'm like, we'll What are you telling me? Stop, stop blowing too much stuff up. Yeah, like, he's like, Oh, they're already engaged, so we can't talk to them. Like, are you joking? Like, have you not <laughs> seen any of the other Star fire. Wars movies? Tell them to not to hold their fire because it wasn't a while before a Wyoming came and bombed the bridge. Yeah. So why did none of them shoot the clearly like special like transport ship on the on the little landing pad? But they shot yeah, the that's hell out of weird, everything yeah. else. Mm, plot armor. Mm. Yes. <laughs> no. I thought I thought that was just bizarre because like we've seen so many times like using the comms with X-wing pilots in battle, being like you know watch your six red leader and you tell know, them, just like, giving them new orders, telling them to target certain things. Yeah, and they, I don't they know they do that above Scarif. They tell them to target, to they tell the Hammerhead ship to push the hmm. Star Destroyer into the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but if I was an X-wing pilot, you know, about to risk my life, if my part, if my like general came on the comms and was like, um, "Oh, you can pull up now. Um, we don't need to. You don't need to risk your life in this battle." I would have been like. All right, sounds good. Oh, yeah, I'm done. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, yeah, sure. sir, I'm already uh -huh. engaged. I'm so focused right now. I can't, I can't move out of this path. Let I'm, me I'm... die. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cheap to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a section of dialogue between one Mothma and Bail Organa, and which uh, references a Jedi, right? And so I just want to read out the dialogue for you guys and you can see, you can try like piece together who it is, right? So Mon, Moth Mon Mothma says, um, 
Despite what others say, war is inevitable. Bail Organa says, yes, I agree. I must return to Alderaan to inform my people that there will be no peace. We will need every advantage. Mon Mothma says, your friend, the Jedi. Bail Organa says, he served me well during the Clone Wars and has lived in hiding since the Emperor's purge. Yes, I will send for him. Mon Mothma says, you will need someone you can trust. And Bail Organa says, I would trust her with my life. So Bail Organa is referring to two separate people in that discussion, right? The Jedi he knew and someone who he can trust. You want to take a guess who, who those two people are, lads? Well, I think it's pretty Ahsoka clear that it's Yoda. Oh, okay. I was, I was going to say Yoda and Ahsoka, but... Well, fair enough. Yeah. Um, it's actually Obi-Wan and Princess Leia. Nah... No, 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 because the someone is his adopted daughter, Princess Leia Organa, who was at the time leading the rebellion from her position as an imperial senator. And going back to the dialogue itself, he's going to call on the person he trusts with his life to send for his friend, the Jedi. And obviously this lines up exactly with the hologram of Princess Leia asking for Obi-Wan's help in A New Hope. Um, credit to Pete on Cora for this, because I didn't do that. It was um, some other guy. I looked it up. because so I was like, I don't know who, the, like, is it Ahsoka? Because he says her. And is it like, I don't know who it was. But apparently, I mean, it can be whoever you want, lads. But I, I think it makes sense to have Bail and uh, Bail Organa tell Leia to search for Obi-Wan, because that's what happens in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Now, but yeah, now that you've explained yeah, it was a piece of dialogue that, like, I never really, you know, like, never really comprehended the message of because he, like, changes pronouns, like, halfway in between. He's like, you know, I will send for him. And then he's like, I will trust her with my life. I'm like, what, 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 like, who are we talking about? Yeah. Like, he's talking about two separate people. Um, but, yeah, so I just wanted to let you guys know about that because there's a bit of, bit of trivia for you, a bit of a reference. But, um, okay. Jaden, I know you have... You, you wanted to tell me something yesterday about the Darth Vader yeah. scene. It was going to blow my mind. Do you want to tell, do you want to tell us that? Um, yeah. So we're, we're a bit skipping forward, but I'll, I'll say it now before yeah, I forget. Right. Um, so we, we see the final scene where Vader is essentially storming through a hall of um, rebel soldiers. And um, he, he, um, basically traps all of them in this starting pod, right? Um, yeah. And if you didn't actually know, Vader is actually holding the door shut. It's not the door jammed. Vader is force holding the door shut. Oh. Yeah, which makes like the scene like 10 times more scary because you realize oh. that while he's slaughtering that. all of these rebel soldiers, he is holding the door shut. Yeah, I think it was a bit convenient oh. the door jam. Yeah. But that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh, poor, poor rebel troopers. Some of them are like crawling away. Oh, such a horrific scene. Mm. Yeah, he's just oh, I wonder yeah, he just... lifts up to the roof and then cuts his gut open. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really cool scene. You, you don't want to be sure. in the hallway with a Skywalker. I want to get to that comparison a bit later on. But for now, I had I think... one of the rebel soldiers be like a little kid and then he's just like, finally. <laughs> 
Just like, oh, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> this is where the fun begins. <laughs> Just like, oh, good times. I, uh, this reminds me of a better better time in my life. <laughs> me and my youth. Yes. Where's baby girl? <laughs> uh, um, so let's go to Battle of Scarif then, sort of moving to, towards the end of the film. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go back a bit to Battle of Scarif. But um, thoughts on, on that battle? I think the battle actually starts like halfway through the movie. So a lot of the movie is the Battle of Scarif. But I think it's probably like one of the best battles in Star Wars history. I mean, it's definitely got to be up there. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like it takes a lot from the Battle of Endor, like having the dynamic one half battles in space, half of it's on the planet. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And the shield generator too. The shield generator is quite a big plot point. Like, yeah. Because they've got to bring down the shield generator in Endor um, in order to take on the Death Star. Mm. And then they've got to do that here as well in Rogue One. So they can That's send the cool. map. Send the lands out. Yeah. And I want to ask a question. I was like, where is Admiral Akbar? Yeah. Is he safe? Is he all right? It's it's funny you bring that up because um I read somewhere a long time ago that um Admiral Radis is actually um Admiral Akbar's cousin. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair. And then Admiral Akbar got a promotion when Admiral Radis got shot or died. I don't know how he died, but probably Vader yeah, stabbed him when he went to the bridge. Oh, maybe he did. Oh, yeah. Or a bunch of... I didn't think about that. Yeah. Oh, geez. That's a bit horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Poor Admiratus. Rip. <laughs> oh, well. At no least well. Admiral Akbar's got a pay rise. He's safe. <laughs> <laughs> he is not safe. He is not all right. Um, I think the space battle, so, like, all of the, um, like, the X-Wings and the bombers and stuff, like, all of the air combat, I think, is incredible. I think it's the best, like, Starfleet battle oh, yeah. yet. Yeah, mm. um, it's not really complicated like Rise of Skywalker was. Just full of bunch of hey, look at look, it's that ship from that random spinoff. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a lot more like and think they actually use clips for, like deleted scenes and stuff from A New Hope because you see a lot of the pilots they look at are actually the pilots from A New Hope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you oh, see yeah. the red leader and like the gold leader and all them. You, you can tell as well. It looks like older footage. Yeah, but then mm-hmm. they just atta- then they just remastered it um yeah and photoshopped scarif in the background i think that's quite cool where they needed it no i love the shots where like sometimes the camera would be like mounted on the x-wing like it was a gopro yeah and like we'd follow like one random x-wing for like 30 seconds and it just looks so cool yeah like, it just like flies better past, like turrets and through little gaps yeah yeah it was really cool it was a really cool moment and and, and on the ground, I think it's just as good as well because obviously we have these characters that we sort of care about at the moment. Sort of. Sort of just, you know, being killed off left, right and centre, which is, you know, better than surviving, I guess. You know, kill them all, that, that works. Um, definitely, you know, illustrates the whole sacrifice of, of the theme and, and, you know, the, the threat of the Empire. But was there any particular moment on the ground for you guys like any sort of character death scene, and we'll touch on them a bit. But any any sort of standout scene in the in the Battle of Scarif that you want to talk about? Um, like I said before, I think a lot of the character death scenes were probably handled a bit poorly. Um, but you know, we've already touched on um, May 
Faze or whatever his name is. Oh, God, I don't remember. Faze Morbus. Yeah, we've already touched on his. I think his was probably the best. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nick, any any favourite scene on Scarif? Well, uh, I'd have to say seeing the um, ATACTs. The oh, yeah. They're, I, like, I love seeing them. Just like you, how... Um, not Baze, um, Chiro. Chiro, how he could just hear them walking, yeah, as they're like coming through the smoke. That's what yeah. I really like, and just seeing them how the rebels just have to they just literally can't do anything against them, they just have to run, yeah. Hmm. But that's just the power the Empire has with its vehicles. Um, one criticism I've seen of that scene is the fact that the X Wings can just tear apart those walkers, hmm. and it's like, well, why didn't they just do that in? Hoth, that's yeah. actually because those walkers are cargo transports. They're not built for combat. Oh. Their armor is nowhere near as strong as the AT-80s are. Oh. Is it, that, those big have, orange they have things like they have, the, that's cargo. Yeah, 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 that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like some of them don't have that's them cool. as well. You can see in the scene. Interesting. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I like that, you know, that little world building there because you get to see like the evolution of the Empire throughout the original yeah. trilogy. And then you've also um, got the U-Wing shooting blue bolts, which is um, arc, um, arc bolts, I believe. Oh, okay. And they were, like, actually affected. They were, like, dis- disabling the me- mechanisms of the legs, which caused them to break. Just a few little things yeah. I kind of love to see, like, little details. Yeah, that... yeah it's it's kind of cool when Star Wars acknowledges um, and dives into their sort of small sort of stuff not the not the big stuff small details so they could have just had normal red lasers and like oh look it's just targeting the legs weak spot Hmm. no they're actually using something that's built for taking those out Hmm. yeah i love the addition of the new wings as well like some sort of troop transport we've never really seen the rebellion have something like that they've always just stolen it from the empire yeah that's a new that's a new ship isn't it like that's a ship that was created in this movie yeah yeah and it's a welcome addition, to be honest. Yeah, it's been used too. a fair amount in other media as well of the rebel in the oh okay like other sort of like we also see them in the new squadrons as well. Star Wars oh squadrons. yeah. Um, oh yeah, the video game and a few other things as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, I, Rogue One introduces like some some things that have definitely been used elsewhere in Star Wars. Like we've seen. Um, we've seen the shore troopers in, um, in the Mandalorian and we've also, I don't know if we've seen death troopers in the Mandalorian. Yeah, we did um, in the last episode of season one. Mando oh, takes okay. a few death troopers. Oh, yes, actually that's able true. To take yes. him on. Just the fact they're not wearing Beskar is able to best them. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. That is right. Um, but yeah, just two, two new stormtroopers that have been used, you know throughout Star Wars media. So credit to Rogue One. You know, it's created some some iconic designs of ships and and um and troopers. Yeah. Um so yeah, I've I've said Baze's death scene is my favorite because obviously he's like he he doesn't like the force. He thinks it's all a bit hocus pocus. And then when Chirrut dies, he has the whole like I'm one with the force and the force is with me moment mm-hmm. where he just like goes out and he just like guns down a few death troopers. And I like the fact that it's actually realistic. Like we see a lot of times, like especially in the sequels, like the protagonist will like run towards like 10 stormtroopers and like just gun them down without any like hesitation. And, like, there's no, 
What's that? And that all the troopers will miss. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I like in this one where like he's obviously like quite talented with a gun. He's got like a you know he's got like a machine gun, so he's got yeah. like a ton of. Ammo. And he's able to draw. Like when the death troopers start charging out, he's able to draw quicker than they are most of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he so he definitely takes down like a reasonable amount, but and then he dies, yeah. which is like exactly how it should be. Like it's an awesome moment because he's gunning them down, and then but then like, like it hasn't ended. Like he's yeah. in, so he's still taking hits and it appears to hurt him, but the yeah. armor is stopping it completely. Because mm. he doesn't feel he doesn't feel invincible. Nobody does in this film, and I like that. Um, I like that there's you know an element of danger because they all do die quite quickly. Um, but yeah, and then so because because he guns them down, it's an awesome moment, and then like it's like oh you know he never he never was going to take on the whole army by himself like that would be unrealistic like. You know, there's too many of them. Mm. There's too many of them. What are we going to do? Um, but yeah, so I, I, I mean, the ending to this movie is when I talk about the ending, I talk about like the Death Star coming up and like blowing up Scarif, and then we see Jin and Cassian. I think that that might be one of the best scenes in the film. But lads, what are your thoughts on on the very end of the film? We see like Tarkin's been, I mean, not Tarkin, uh, Krennic's been shot. And Cassian and Cassian's been shot, but of course, like he's the main guy, so he lives. Um, well, he yeah, doesn't. Uh, <laughs> well, well, for for the for now, for now, <laughs> for now, he um, got shot in the gut, and then he just decides to climb his way up the tower. Yeah, he gets shot. He falls like ten meters, hits a metal like yeah. floor, and then like just decides to come back, like just climb all the way back up, but. <laughs> But yeah, any specific moments like in there you want to talk about, lads? Um, I, I think the death scene with Cassian and or and um, Ginosa was done quite well. Um, you don't really see that a lot in Star Wars, right? Most of the deaths are, are pretty uh, significant and you see them die. But in this scene, it's kind of like... Um, it's it's not left up for interpretation, I would say. it's It's more so less less gruesome right you you don't yeah. see it happen it's a big flash yeah. of the light which yeah what you would see if you have that amount of power coming towards you yeah and then yeah. obviously there's no way they're getting out of that yeah and i like that i mean they could have tried to steal a ship but i like the fact that they were just like you yeah, know that's probably not going to work so we I might mean, as well just one like... of them could barely walk so yeah, true. Yeah, I guess Ginoso wasn't going to like leave Cassian behind. <laughs> it's like, all right, you're not going to make it, mate. Sorry. You chill yeah. here on the beach. I'm going to go steal a ship. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Krennic, like at this time, Krennic is on the top of the tower, and when the um, when the Death Star shoots, um like the light bolt like skims the top of the tower so the and tower gets yeah, like it's right where he was yeah like gets blown up and so we never see krennic like actually die but like obviously he does die but we don't actually like see it on screen and i think it would have been cool to see krennic like like comprehend the fact that the death star is is gonna is gonna kill him because he probably i mean he sees the death star it's but just we don't directly at him i like that yeah shot. points up and it's just the big dish is just straight at him. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it would have been cooler to see a bit more of, like, 
I spent my whole life to build, like I spent my whole career like building this weapon and now it's going to kill me. Yeah. Like I feel like that would have been a cool moment to see him like comprehend that. But, you know, runtime, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I really like the scene where Jin and Cassian are on the beach and they're like hugging each other. They could have kissed, but they didn't. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Because Disney... like, that would have felt extremely forced. Yeah. Like, they don't know each yeah. other that well, but. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was good. A little bit together. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that as the, as the light approaches, we see Cassian and he like opens his eyes at the last minute. Cause like he's anticipating, like you can imagine, like it would just be so terrifying like knowing that your end is like coming yeah. and he's like got his eyes closed, but then he like opens them up like just at the second and you can see his eyes. It's just, it's just incredible. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Like a, it's like a little thing that makes the scene so much better. The fact that he like can't keep his eyes closed. Yeah. He's that terrified. Um, it's pretty awesome. Darth Vader hallway scene. We've touched on it a bit, but I mean, who did it better lads? Luke or Vader? Or even, even Darth Maul in the Clone Wars finale. Who did it better? Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Vader. That's fair. I mean, you can imagine, like, if Luke was mowing down, like, stormtroopers like that, you'd be like, whoa, Luke Skywalker, I thought you were supposed to be the good guy. Like, what's... Like, oh, God, he's... Damn, it's dark. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, just, like, murdering, like, actual people. But because Luke Skywalker's murdering droids, it's okay. I wish we got a similar scene like that with Anakin in the temple. Mm, that would be cool. I think we will eventually get it though. Yeah. Like we flashback. could see a flashback from Grogu and then we'll see Anakin like Ooh, whoever's yeah. saving him, then you see Anakin just cutting through a bunch of Jedi as they're trying to get Grogu out. Yeah. That'd be an interesting thing. That would be cool. Just like little baby Yoda like waddling off and you like just someone's see, like they cause they haven't yet revealed who saved him, so they could have it could be a Jedi who saved him grabs him and a bunch of his other Jedi friends are with him. They're trying to get to a ship. Then Anakin shows up and they've got five by first as well. That would be interesting to see that in like a modern, I guess a more modern Star Wars, like seeing the Jedi temple. Yeah. Like actually seeing it inside cool. and seeing the Jedi fighting off the troopers. That would be cool. That, that would be an awesome flashback scene to have. But um, yeah, I think, I think Vader's scene is, is probably like one of the best scenes in this movie. And it's sort of, Hard to say that because it's, uh, I mean, while Vader is sort of like a side character in this and he does have sort of a part to play and it makes sense that he's in the film because if he wasn't, we'd be like, where the hell is Darth Vader? Why doesn't he care that, you know, people are trying to blow up the Death Star? Um, So it makes sense for him to be there. So to me, it obviously is a bit fan servicey, but it makes sense enough for me to like let it go. Cool. And it's awesome as well, so yeah oh yeah it's so cool i mean i was making the the trailer for instagram and i was like damn this is such a good scene yeah like you could watch it over and over again um just like just the fear on the rebels trooper faces like and i love the shot where it's the dark corridor right and you hear vader's breathing and you think that vader's like quite quite a bit away and then he ignites his lightsaber and he's like much closer than you think he was yeah. and you're like oh crap <laughs> he's gonna get them <laughs> oh, i like how slow his lightsaber ignites like it, it feels mm. slower than every other lightsaber but oh my god it just looks so like cool. you notice that in the original trilogy i noticed that like when luke ignites his it's real quick yeah but then later it comes out really slow yeah yeah 
Yeah, no, it's interesting. Yeah, and it, Obi-Wan's, um, in A New Hope, Obi-Wan's is quite slow as well. So, um, yeah, maybe it's just like a, it's probably just something that they, you know, change in the original trilogy because Luke has to quickly ignite his lightsaber sometimes because, like, Darth Vader sneaks up on him and, you know, so, you know, something that they changed. But this film sits at about two hours and six minutes on the runtime from, like, the time it actually begins and ends, like, not counting the credits. Um, so it's actually, like, quite a short Star Wars movie, but um, I feel like the first half definitely drags on a bit. Like, you sort of just want to get to the Battle of Scarif as soon as you can, but I don't know what you guys thought about that. Like, did you get bored at any stage in the film? Um, not really, to be honest. Um, I definitely feel like the film picked up in the later half of the, of the movie, got more exciting. Um, Hmm. I just wanted to touch on this real quickly. Um, when the rebels are like trying to transfer the plans to the, um, Tanta V, I think it is called, not the Tanta for the Tanta V. Um, one of the, the rebel soldier who actually like pulls the lever down to, um, to transfer the plans. I think he's actually di- the director of the film, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh. so a little cool cameo there. Mm. Yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. No, I, like, I love the fact that, like, the rebel troopers who are actually, like, on the ship that's safe, like, they're on the ship that's been detached, right? But they keep running anyway. Yeah. It's like, it's just, they're really scared and they, they really do a good job of portraying that. They're just like, they don't care if they're on the safe ship, they're getting away from that door as much as possible. It's just that terrifying. Like the the amount of fear that he himself outside the door. He's just hanging on. Yeah. (laughs) He's just like Vader's just like jumped onto the door (laughs) space. Because we see Vader's like standing on the edge of space, so his helmet must be some sort of like space suit. (laughs) And we and we have um wind in space. (laughs) Yeah, his cape's flying. (laughs) You could say that's yeah. Yeah, it's like the moon landing. Oh, it looks cool though, so we we ignore it. <laughs> it looks cool. It's like you know, in, into the Spider Verse, when um, when uh, Spider Man Noir he comes down and is like, they're in the spider cave or whatever, and his cape's yeah, yeah. And he's like, just like "Where's the wind coming from?" <laughs> <laughs> like wherever I go, the wind follows. <laughs> but yeah, so. Um, anything else, boys, that you want to touch on? Maybe like, a, you know, any notes that you want to quickly add in before we head to the music segment? Um, not really. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm pretty good. All right. So music segment. So every week we sort of um, we chuck two, a maximum of two or a minimum of one song from the official soundtrack into a Spotify playlist called the Rewatch playlist. And so this week I went through the official soundtrack and I put in the Imperial Suite because I know, Jaden, you're a big fan of that one. Hell yeah. Oh, yes, that's, uh, yeah. I guess, the newer, in the revamp of the Imperial theme that, um, uh, what's his name, made it? It's sort of like a um, bit more... Yeah, John Williams. It's sort of like using John Williams' score and then, you know... They, they sampled Michael. it, yeah. Yeah, Michael G's given, like, a bit of a spin on it. Um, so, you know, it's sort of like saying... Can I copy your homework but change a little yeah, bit? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. But um, but it's good nonetheless. Um, and I wanted to find the song that contains the the music when the title screen comes up, because it's only like 
20 seconds max. But that 20 seconds is really good. I encourage you guys to listen to it because it's it, it's the the song that comes up. It's like the the main theme essentially. Like it comes into the big you know rebels force theme or, or whatever. And and so I, I chucked that song in there. It's called A Long Ride Ahead because it just plays you know at the at the very start of the film. Yeah. Um. So you have to go to the very end of the song to hear it, but it's it's a very very nice theme right and it's obviously got the elements of john williams there but it's got just enough new stuff to you know differentiate it a bit so i enjoyed that overall i think the music's good no sort of standouts no you know anakin's deeds or whatever or no you know no duel of the fates or anything like that yeah but it's good yeah and it, um nick your thoughts on the music overall did you enjoy the music at all like did you think do you think it stands up against some of the other Star Wars films? Um, I think the film, the music is it's very distinct and unique. It has its own sort of style, while mm. still keeping in the realm of Star Wars and John Williams' yeah. overall feel. It's kind of um, with what um, Ludwig Göransson does with Mandalorian. It feels Star yeah. Wars, but it's different. Yeah, it's yeah. got its own sort of twist to it. Yeah, yeah. It's much yeah. better than the Rise of Skywalker soundtrack, which I'm pretty sure didn't have a real single unique. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's It was right. all just composers of previous work. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing. Well, that's good yeah, yeah. They were banking on the, that nostalgia to get you through the... And then they were the the real march in the credits. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, well, they tried their best to try to get us back, but, um, you know, to varying effects. Yeah. Um, all right, let's um let's go to some final thoughts then. Um, who'd like to go first? Um, giving sort of like their final thoughts of the film and then their tier rating. You go on, Nick. To... Oh god damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I generally the film is generally one of my preferred Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. It's it, it has a few things that hold it back. Um, more so like the few bits of fan service that do annoy me a bit. Yep. I think that's mm-hmm. for the most part handled very well. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the visuals are great. I do enjoy most of the characters in the film, except for the pilot. I think he's a bit useless. Yeah, he's a bit he just boring. Yeah. And he's just there. Mm, um. Cool. Other than that, I think the film it's fairly strong from beginning to end, with a little bit of a slow start. But overall, I think the film's pretty good on the rewatch. I do like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So if you could give it like a a, a grade rating what would you what would you do you're the teacher give it a grade make it feel bad <laughs> um, i have to say an a minus okay that's fair that's fair all right jane you next up yeah um overall i think this is a pretty good film um and i like how it slots in um like exactly with uh, uh revenge of the sith and then a new hope it just kind of finds its place in between them um I think it's great to have a character, a story with a character who's from the Empire turned rebel. Like I said before, it's different. Um, and I actually really like the characters in this film. Um, I felt like they all kind of had their unique, distinct sort of feel about them. Um, and I do think that K2SO, Director Krennic and Chirrut were probably standouts for me. Um, overall, I, I really enjoyed most of the things in the film and the story about it. I mean, you can't really go wrong because it's essentially the original trilogy extended. Um, Like I said before, I think that some of the death scenes were insignificant um, or rather lacking significance and that um, 
certain characters like the pilot probably could have used more screen time. And then you have Saul Guerrero as well, who was also kind of underused. Um, so I'm going to rate this film a B plus, but it's definitely my favorite um, Disney Star Wars movie thus far. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Hard to argue with the fact that it's the best Disney Star Wars film. Yeah. I think Nick would definitely agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely, yeah, stand out the best from Disney um, on the big screen anyway that we've got so far. But yeah, for me, I've written like the the main theme of this film, right, is supposed to be sacrifice, right? And in in, in this film, like Disney sort of they promised to to give us a Star Wars film with the emphasis on the war part, right? Um, but then they decided to employ the director of Godzilla to do that. So you know, questionable hiring practices there. But while the film I think it does perfectly demonstrate like the sacrifice involved in retrieving the Death Star plans. I think the first hour of this movie, um, like jumping from planet to planet at like so, such a fast rate and it sort of like fails to, to really get us connected with the characters. And it's sort of the problem, the, the fact that there are so many characters, it's like a suicide squad problem. It's like there's so many of them that you know it's hard to get connected to to each of them but yeah but you know i think the second half of the film is where it really shines i think the second yeah. half is, is is really really good and i think the film is visually stunning and you know seems seems afraid though to show you everything at once with the whole blurring of the various backgrounds and that's something that i noticed but the music's good nothing special though and the characters are good but again, nothing special. I mean, I'd say director Krennic's my favourite. Um, I think he's probably one of the best new character villains from Disney so far. I don't know what, what you guys would think about that. Would, do you think Krennic's, Krennic's the best villain so far in Star I think, Wars? I think Krennic is quite good, but I think Kylo works more because he is, has quite a bit more intimidation and he has a lot more involvement with the main characters yeah and like i think yeah. he's the best character that disney has brought so far that's a fair point is yeah. it make well he has it has part to do with he has three films of development mm. yeah um yeah, fair. so great performance and, by adam driver as well yeah he's probably like one of the things i actually like about last jedi and rise of skywalker mm-hmm. like mm. his whole arc about because i feel like his arc to an extent, is a bit better than Vader's original arc, not including, like, Anakin and all that. Yeah. Okay. Like, his yeah. whole redemption arc, like, you see, like, you actually see the, the worst stuff that Kylo did in the trilogy. Yeah. Mm. Like, Fair he enough. killed his father, he's done all sorts of stuff. He's burnt down Luke's temple, he's done... Like, you see all the stuff that he's done, and yet he can still redeem himself from it. Mm. It should have pushed us the idea that you're... Pretty much, no matter what you've done, you can still redeem yourself. Yeah, unless you're Hitler. <laughs> Damn, I've, I've 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 never I've never heard such a good argument about the sequels before. Sam, no. like, seen a new light? Maybe I should watch the other Skywalker again. No, 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 no. Just watch clips of Kylo. That's all you need to watch. Good. Yeah, fair enough. Dirt to the dark side. <laughs> yes. Um. But Jaden, would you would you think that? Kylo's better than Krennic, or you know, who's your who's your favorite Disney Star Wars villain? Um, probably Snoke, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> up until let up me until rephrase the last that. Jedi, anyway. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> the Force Awakens Snoke, I think, was really really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
But in terms of Kylo over Krennic, I think they're pretty even. Um, I don't know. It was just something about Snoke in episode one. You know, there was so many theories around him. Is he Mace Windu? Yeah, okay, that's why. Is he Mace Windu? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People resonate with him so much. Yeah, no, I quite liked his character. He felt very menacing in a way. I do like his death scene. That's one thing I like him last year as well. Yeah, that was how definitely Kylo's able to like, manipulate him into thinking that he's going to kill Ray, and then he's his true enemy. Like, I like mm. that line because it shows that he's what he's thinking. He's he knows he's manipulating Snoke. Yeah, well, into you, believing that you see him true enemy. essentially turn from the the dark side to the light side in that moment, and then mm. back to the dark. Yeah, because his yeah. ideology is still stuck with him. Oh, maybe we should have Nick back for the last Jedi. Because I feel it would be good to have like an honourable person, like you know, actually like talk about like the the the, the small parts of the movie that are actually good. Like, the film has a lot of good in it, but then it has a lot more bad. Yeah, yeah. casino, casino, <laughs> <laughs> PTSD flashbacks. Uh, anyway, <laughs> is it okay if, if I do come back for that rewatch? Is it okay if I can skip that scene? Yeah, yeah you, you can skip that. I think we're all going to skip that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, I, don't uh, I, think it's to I think we need to watch it. We have to endure it. Uh, oh, yes. No. Oh, that's... I don't want to do it. All right. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> back to Rogue One. Um, yeah. So I think the main, the main purpose of this film was to fill a, that plot hole in A New Hope and, like, why is the Death Star got this one major weakness? And I feel like, you know, the film does quite a good job at filling that, that plot hole. And look, the fact that this film is by far the best Disney Star Wars film is quite sad, I think. However, I think Rogue One is certainly like a glimmer of hope moving forward for Disney films, right? Obviously, we've seen like Disney TV shows have been pretty good. Like Mandalorian's been pretty good. Mandalorian, the um, end of Rebels was pretty good. Oh, yeah, I still need to watch Rebels, but yeah, get around but yeah, it, yeah I should. But Rogue One is a glimmer of hope, um, but... Yeah, I gave Revenge of the Sith a B. I think this is probably better than Revenge of the Sith, but not by much. I'm going to give it a B plus um, mm-hmm. as well. So, so I'll give it a B plus. Um, I feel like it has been decreased by the amount of times I've watched the film, though, because I yeah. just get bored with the characters. Because I'm like, there's nothing interesting here, but to, like behind the characters themselves. Um, it gets to the point where it's just, oh, look at all these visuals and action and Vader. Yeah. Kill yeah. Them. Exactly. Mm, yeah so i mean and that's the whole thing with reviewing movies like every time you watch a movie you have a different sort of perspective and take on it yeah. so there's a whole thing about rewatching movies really like i think the more you watch something the more you pick up like the, the, flaws. the small yeah the small flaws yeah exactly um but yeah i'm happy to leave that there for today um it was it was cool chatting with you boys obviously we're all star wars fans and i think nobody nobody really had anything that was particularly disgraceful about this movie. So mm. there was no sort of, there was no tension or debate at any stage. Um, yeah. So perhaps, yeah, I don't know. Um, but it's, I think it's because we're all reasonable men, you know, we all have reasonable opinions. Yeah. Um, we're not idiots like those last Jedi loving folk, but um, yeah, regardless, <laughs> um, <laughs> regardless. Um, so I think it, it was cool to, you know, sit around the Jedi council and have a civilized chat um about this film and it was cool to have you on nick so thank you for coming on yeah um, nice. love to have you thanks for having me yeah love to have you back for another star wars film because obviously like you contributed like a ton of like little nuggets of information that i just totally had no yeah. idea about 
regarding sometimes the I just, wars. Sometimes I just like to browse YouTube and watch like um, that sort of stuff, like behind the scenes. But I love behind the scenes things. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I even watched the Last Jedi one, and that one was actually interesting. Whoa! <laughs> you don't go there. <laughs> Better than the movie. I just love the fact that now, whenever I watch Empire Strikes Back, I'm going to be thinking, imagine if those 8080s were jumping, like, <laughs> like galloping. Yeah, oh, that's crazy. Oh, that'd be funny. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, um, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you for listening, everybody, to this episode of the Rewatch Podcast. This episode is going to release on Christmas, and an ordinary person might say, well, why didn't you do a Christmas I was going to say on Christmas. <laughs> and, you should have had a top, like, thing so it would be like, at least it'd be somewhat like it, like um, uh, what was it? Empire Strikes Back because that's like half in the snow. True. Oh yeah, yeah, what? yeah. Fair enough. What were we thinking, <laughs> Sam? <laughs> yeah, well, there are things more important than Christmas, and one of those things is Star Wars. So Star <laughs> Wars, Star Wars goes on. Star Wars goes on. We should have um, done the holiday yeah. special. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, probably, probably. Oh well. But um, regardless, um, to you boys, um, I hope you have a Merry Christmas when this comes out. I hope you are current, currently having a good Christmas. And to all of our lovely viewers, if you're watching this on Christmas Day, go spend time with your family. And come why you, why are you listening to this? Family. <laughs> what are you doing? Nick, don't attack our viewers, <laughs> um, I've only got a few. <laughs> Yes, well, no um, bring me back because otherwise your viewership will drop too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I uh, hope everyone has had or is having a very merry Christmas. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed us chatting about one of the best Star Wars movies out there. Um, and thank you for listening. If you'd like to subscribe to the YouTube channel, just search the rewatch on YouTube. Next episode, right? It's going to be next week, right? Knowing that Wonder Woman 1984 is going to come out. I imagine we might do an episode on Wonder Woman 84, yeah. but it, it depends on the situation with the cinemas. Um, but, you know, regardless, well, you have to wait and see. We'll announce it on Instagram regardless. Um, but thank you for listening, everyone. Thanks for Nick again for coming on. Um, thanks for Jaden for being here again and waking up early to come and speak to us. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's all from us. Uh, bye for now. Yeah.